doctors should stop working in those fucking states. We should stop working in fucking Georgia. We should stop working in Louisiana, in Mississippi, all these fucking states. The big actors need to just say, nope, I am not coming to set. Goodbye. The life of the actor, it never ends. That's why you listen to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace and Friends. I feel like we always are talking about great stuff when we're not recording. (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking about a shark movie. Another 47 meters down, right? Is that what it's called? No, this is called 47 meters down. Is there a sequel? Yeah, I'm just, I was trying to tell you my partner um, and my daughter's father, who lives with me, works for Byron Allen, and they they bought a movie called, he has a company called Entertainment Studios. They bought a movie called 47 meters down, and he made a lot of money on it. So he's like, let's make a sequel. Sequel is called 47 meters down, colon, uncaged. Yeah. Yes, yes, and it's it's one of the um, best worst like shark movies I've ever seen. I mean, Uncaged made forty six million dollars, and the budget was twelve. So, Uncaged made, made forty six million. Yeah, but how much the, is the, uh, the the first one made sixty two million with a five million dollar budget? So, I mean, that's <sighs> this is a good little business to be in. Let's sell Byron. Let's get him to produce our show. Whatever happened? Remember, you came. I you were teaching at North Carolina School. Of I Arts. still had the footage, so I I went we to. We were making a that's, pilot. That's, yes, I hired a friend to come in and shoot it for us. Yes, and then what happened? This was like twelve years ago. <laughs> I think it's longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we can't really. I guess oh yeah. We'll, Oh, we can absolutely use it. Do we, we still can look, use it. We look exactly the same. No, no, no. But we could shoot a new. We could uh, have that footage be like the flashback to a new show. Basically, the plot of this is called the drama department, and it was an idea I had where it was Missy and I going back to visit our college, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's interesting because in that one, the premise was that Missy had left school and become a big star, and then I had stayed at college and was a teacher. And then the mm-hmm. little twist of it at the end was I, that I was going to actually go get a, an audition at the end. And I think, uh, and eventually no, the thing we talked about was that you, you were going to stay at the me. school and do a, do a self-tape. You helped me with a self-tape. And they and liked I, me. Not only there. did I not get the part, you they were like, we want him and not yes. you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's good for you. I'm so happy. But I was yes. like, I really want to come back and be just like you until you got my job. And then. Yeah. I was sad. I would say what actually happened with that was that there was initial technical thing that was difficult for me to sort out, which was that all the audio was in this separate audio format. Because your friend who had a... My friend Rick. No, no, no. It was my fault. It was just like harder. It was slightly above my ability to like understand how to get it all to work together. Mm -hmm. And then procrastination and depression set in. So I saw that footage somewhere. That That is one of, um, I would say, two big be- projects in my life that I have a significant amount of footage for that's just sitting. It reminds me of my, um, well, I won't say who this is, but they'll know who they are. I know someone who is a video editor who um, said that they would edit their, their own wedding video. 
uh, and that video uh-huh. has ne- never been edited. <laughs> well, it's like I've got a, I haven't made my daughter her baby book yet. You know, with I have a lock of her hair. I've got like the little band she wore when she was at the hospital. You've got, got the cards. components. I've got the components, and I have yet to to do it. Every year, yeah. I make her a birthday card that, like, a homemade birthday card with a bunch of pictures on it, and then I'm like, "That's what you get." You've got and time, I, though. I could literally go to I think Rite Aid. This is we're brought to you by Rite Aid today. If you go to <laughs> Rite Aid online, um, you can download any photos you want, and they'll print them for you that day. They'll even make you a book. Like, they have a machine that'll, like, make you a book that day if you have a okay. Rite Aid near you. Um, and I could do that. Oh, you're saying that it would not be that difficult for you it to would not create be that, this book? Just to take the time. Hmm. But depression, what would you say? Procrastination and depression set in. <laughs> that should be yeah, the title of, of this podcast. <laughs> Depressination. <laughs> um, oh, man. What a world. I was going to... I was going to, so we're recording today because we were, we're, we actually had a guest scheduled and I think the guest is probably not going to make it. So we were just recording and you'll, you'll never know who the guest was. Never know who it was. Um, Sorry that his name, name rhymes with Shad Shit. <laughs> I was going to say Schmom Schmooze. <laughs> Shad um, Shit and Schmom Schmooze. Uh-huh. We're going to be on today, uh, but we, they just, uh. They were was, they were embarrassed because they knew how how good we are and they just didn't, did, wanna, did, didn't how, what our be, how big our following is. They didn't want to be outshined by us. I mean, it's always that way with Sham shoes and shad shit. I actually have two business related questions for you this week. Oh, ding ding one, ding! One is related questions. Business related questions with Missy and Chris. Um, one is you're on Instagram, right? Yes. Um, is that your main social media thing? Do you? Have I would a say presence? I have a Twitter presence, but it's. I mean, I don't feel like Twitter is my. Once in a while, I pop on. I pop on Twitter like once every couple weeks. Okay, but Instagram too. Like, I'm not very much. I'm not on it very much. But I do, I would say that it's the one thing where I made, like, you know, with everything that just happened with the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. I have, I have yet to, I just think it's funny because I feel like you, you're obligated to post something on some level or there's a sense of obligation, which, and it's like, well, what do you have to say that somebody else hasn't said better? Yeah. And also how do you, like, it's, it takes me a while to figure out like how I even fucking feel about something. And then also like to actually do all the research and reading and mm-hmm. I don't know, man, it's just, anyway, what's your question? One is I think people should just get off social media. I think that Ugh, it's, me um, too. Um, I'm on Inst- Instagram. I'm enjoying because it's like, honestly, I think I enjoy Instagram because people can't type a bunch of stuff into it. It's just mostly yeah. images. Yeah. I think social media is just almost completely worthless because it does not make people feel better generally. And mm-hmm. I actually think it has a counteractive effect, whereas like all this Roe v. Wade stuff, I think it makes people feel like they're doing something right. when they're on social media, tweeting and expressing clever dunks on dumb people and stuff like that. And it really doesn't right. do anything. Like it doesn't, it has very little impact on the real world. I mean, the most relevant thing I read on Twitter about the Roe v. Wade stuff was um, that there's no quick fix at this point. So, um, 
There was a real quick fix for avoiding this situation, and that was making sure that a Democrat was elected in 2016. Um, whatever your feelings about that was, about who was running or who should have won or who should have done this right. or that, that was the easy fix, was just to make sure that a Democrat was in office when these justices... Um, started go- dropping like flies. Yes, when they started retiring or dying, right? I mean, yes, there's other things that could have been done Ruth Bader Ginsburg could have retired early. They could have tried to codify a law. But every one of these other situations comes with its own... Like, none of them are quick fixes. They they all have complications to them. So even now when people are like, why don't the Democrats <clears throat> create a law that makes abortion legal? Well, what I have read is that like they can immediately do an injunction against that law to, to temporarily halt the... Uh, enactment or the enforcement of that law um, while they try to challenge it in court, most likely what would happen is because the Republicans have packed all of the lower courts with their own right. appointees, it would never even make it to the Supreme Court. Like it would just be like, like um, inval- it's not struck down. It wouldn't be struck down, but like they'd rule against it at a lower court and then the Supreme Court wouldn't even consider it. <laughs> uh, wh- or whatever it is, a bunch of things would have to break the right way for that to be an effective solution. The easiest solution was to make sure that election went the way it did in 2016. It didn't go that way. So now, what the, the relevant thing that I read was, now it's just a hard, probably lifelong fight for this issue. And that's what it is. There's no, like, X should do Y right now to fix it. It's not going to happen. Well, I have some ideas. And I, and I, I have yet to, you know, I, ha- I want, like, a full day to just sit and, and put them all together. But I have a, first a couple thoughts. The first thing is that um, I had my friend over who I'm actually work. I'm, I'm at the, for our acting podcast. My friend Brooke and I have been trying to write this sketch show for years, and we've it's kind of like an old broad city, and so we've been yes. writing, and we've written a bunch of episodes. And, and I am pre-booked to appear in this. Yes, you are definitely pre-booked. Um, and we were talking today, and one of the things that she said is even Trump was like, you know, it's just too severe, and now people are. Uh, the the Democrat and people have, if you can get people to the polls, I mean, the, the Democrats have jumped nine points. So it's like at the midterms, you might just fucking lose. Um, but the other thing I think, which is, is interesting to me is like, um, I was thinking like how, cause I have a broken uterus and, you know, I would have loved to have carried a baby to term if that would have been possible, but I've had so many miscarriages and blah, blah. Um, my daughter's adopted. I think it's a complicated issue in, on many levels. But obviously, uh, for me, what it all boils down to is the health of, of the woman and the woman's right to start her own family when she wants to. I know it's complicated. but And I think women are, you know, we're at home, we're mothers. Uh, and obviously, there's a whole, I mean, women who are mothers who are at home, it's like, how do you go out and protest in the streets? And I feel like where the, we need to start protesting is with our fucking wallets. I, we shop online, we buy new, th- I just think fucking stop buying. Stop buying anything that you don't need. Don't buy anything from states that is mm. manufactured in a state where there's no abo- where there's a law against abortion. You just hit people where it hurts. And the only place that we can do that is with our fucking wallet. And don't buy any new fucking clothes. Stop buying shit that you don't need. Stop buying shit on Amazon. 
trade with each other. Get, you know what I mean? Like, just stop. Because that, bring our economy to a screeching fucking halt. I, I mean, I keep, it's like, buy this new fucking, even Gwyneth Paltrow's fucking goop today was like, let's buy a $350 skirt. Well, fuck you, Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm sorry. Fuck off. Why is, why are you trying to get me to buy shit right now when mm. we are in a goddamn fucking crisis? And that's where I think we need to go. And the actors should stop working in those fucking states. We should stop mm. working in fucking Georgia. We should stop working in Louisiana, in Mississippi, all these fucking states. The big actors need to just say, nope, I am not coming to set. Goodbye. And we need to ban. And that, those, those are things that we can do. We live in our homes. We live on our computers. That's where we need to start doing shit. It's interesting that Netflix said at one point they weren't going to do production in Georgia after the... Uh, I think it was after the bathroom bills, maybe, or I can't yeah. Remember what I mean, it was. It, if if the, I just feel like we have to stop, like we just have to stop. I, I feel like someone in my level, I can't, I'm still not there yet. You know, I mean, I've been slogging away for years and years and years. Obviously, I would love to be the person that could be like, I, you know, what else? Oh God, I was just talking to this one woman. She was she came in to write. She's a writer. Um, her name is Vanessa. I can't remember her last name, but she was supposed to write on season two of Why the Last Man, and the showrunner had a party this weekend, so she's now working on, she was just working in the writer's room of a show that Lupita Nyong'o, am I pronouncing her last name? Nyong'o. Uh-huh. Nyong'o was supposed to be on. They were going to lose her because there were no black women in the room. And so she ended up coming in to write. They still ended up losing her, but she was telling me about this other woman that they got, which I, I didn't recognize her name, but she was like, she's still a get. And I was laughing. I was like, oh my God, she's still a get, you know? And I was like, there's some, I don't think I'm a get right now, you know? And I oh, like, oh, I disagree with that. Depending on the project, yes. But for still for those HBO, those big ones, like I, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's that, that thing of like, and I was like, oh, so if you're a get, then use your, you, use your power. Use your fucking power. That's what I'm saying. Like, use your, if you're a get, use your power and just say, nope, not doing it, not going to shoot there. And then any other get that they want to get has got to do the same thing. Well, I mean, not to brag, but if you look at my IMDb, look at the uh-huh. last couple of years, how many jobs in Oklahoma, New Orleans, uh, Mississippi, Atlanta right. have I worked? I mean, and is it because I wasn't offered jobs in those states or is it because I was taking a stand? <laughs> That's right. You know, well, you you, in, d- you decide. I worked you, in New You worked Orleans in... Twice. Uh, <laughs> twice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, and I agree, uh, everyone should stop buying stuff. Although I would encourage everyone to go to patreon.com slash freelance pretend <laughs> and support the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Has anyone supported the show? No, no, no. But somebody can be the first is my point. Somebody can go. <laughs> so can you keep the first? If you um, want these kind of liberal ideas in your inbox. Well, uh, anyway, here's my question about social media. Okay. Um, I was actually asking, how often do you, like on Instagram or Twitter, get strange messages from people? Oh, um, let's see. I mean, I have like a couple of, of strange people that I, mm-hmm. but you know, I, because there's a primary <clears throat> inbox and a general inbox, and then there's another inbox. Wait, explain to me, because I don't understand all these things. Because I look at Instagram and I'm like, I don't get, is people I, I mean, know are supposed to, are they supposed to go into primary? Is that the good one? Well, it does it for you. Hold on. I, I, I have, see, I hate Instagram. Once in a while I go on, that's not true. I, I, I don't like it because it makes me depressed. 
ultimately. Okay. I, I see here's what I have. But I'm, I'm downloading have, it right now. So okay. I, I have primary, general. I'm to look with you. Uh-huh. But I also have top requests and all requests and hidden uh-huh. requests. Yes. Um, while you're looking at that, actually, here's my second more, in, more okay. relevant business question. I'm in my mailbox, is, but go ahead. What are your thoughts these days about um, what a manager does for you and how, what, 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 how has that thought or relationship hmm. evolved for you in the last, let's say, five years or so? And I'll just preface it by saying that I fired my manager a couple years ago and now right. I'm thinking maybe I will replace this manager. Go. <laughs> Okay. Um, so I, when I was living in New York, I had an age. I got an agency right out of school, which was awesome. I mean, I was very lucky. I feel like, and it was paradigm, and they were like a good agency. And then I decided mm-hmm. I would go to pi- do pilot season in LA, and I got there. Before, when I was in New York, this woman was told to- my. I did an audition for something and. I had to do an audition where I was I was talking into the camera and the casting director sent my tape to I didn't get the part but she sent it to this other woman who was like I think you'd like this girl and so I this woman came in and was like hi I'm Mel McKeon I'd love to talk to you and we talked and my agents were like you don't need a manager and so I I went to LA for pilot season and I met with my agents there and no one was sending me out mm-hmm. and so I called her. And she and I went in and had a meeting with them. And she was like, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? So, and I've been with her ever since. I was like, I don't know. We've been together for 20-something years. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is why you need a manager. Wait, did I ask you that? Did I already ask you this last time? I can't remember. Apologies if I've I've asked this, but how you would react now if you were asked to be in a Woody Allen movie? Oh. No, you didn't ask me. Because he... um, um, Sorry, a Louis C.K. movie. What would you do if Louis C.K. asked you to be in a film of his? Because he just announced, he, he just put out a new movie, essentially. Um, and uh, it has would, actors, it has stand-up com- comedians that I'm familiar with that are the leads yeah. in it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I do know very well, randomly, I happen to know three of the people that were, that he, you know, masturbated in front of. Mm-hmm. Um, and... The stories are just like they've been blackballed, and I just I would probably if I I would submit a tape and in it I would it would be my butt and I would be taking a shit and then I would turn around and be like fuck you I'd rather <laughs> eat my own shit than be in your movie Louis C.K. Yeah, well, you know what I was wondering is like uh, how would he react if you started masturbating like at one of his stand-up shows if you just stood up and in that uh, crowd he, and just started masturbating? He'd probably love it actually. I, he would probably like that. But what if I did it? (laughs) I mean, what if we all just did it? We all just got behind him and started masturbating. That'd be funny. Yeah, Yeah, why not? I Um, did go to a doctor once um, when I was doing fertility. And uh, I went to one of my friend's gynecologists. She's like, why don't you see my doctor? Because I was having trouble with, you know, my broken uterus. And he told me I had a beautiful vagina. So, I mean, (laughs) it would probably take center stage. People would know. I would immediately get a six picture deal with a porn hub and what do you think that meant it has a nice symmetry to it or something i i don't know i i mean let's give him a call 
at the time, I it was probably 15 years ago. Okay. And I remember just being like, wow. It was before any Me Too business, but I just thought it was funny. You know, it'd be like... Uh, oh, I mean... It's an appropriate sir. <laughs> well, did did it seem like he was hitting on you? It seemed like... Or was it most, clinical? You have a beautiful... Is, is you have a beautiful vagina, do you think, clinical? I mean, I don't uh, know. I'm at, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I guess you? if someone said you have a beautiful <laughs> penis... A doctor is. is like, you pull your pants down to do whatever, you know, do, do they yeah. check, what, how do they check your dick? They just look at it. They don't like get, rub it like they, this. They give, they give it a whack with that rubber hammer, see if it responds. <laughs> <laughs> or it just, when they stick their finger up your butt for the prostate, they're like, wow, you're, you have a perfect, you're, you have a beautiful asshole. You have a perfectly uh, uh, circular asshole. Even that is better than a beautiful vagina, I feel like. Mm. You don't have to call it beautiful. You could just be like... Healthy. You look very healthy down here. I don't know. I don't know. It made yeah. me laugh, though. You have a beautiful vagina. I mean, did you put that on like your business mm-hmm. cards? <laughs> I have that on my on my Twitter page. A gynecologist yeah. once told me. I wonder if I wonder how many times he said that, and then the, it's like it's like it turns into a hookup or something. So yeah. he's he's just trying the line on every single person yeah. and. Just uh, like that seems like someone who maybe got into the field for maybe the wrong reasons. <laughs> he was. I also waited in his office for like forty five minutes. I mean, he was he was like a tall, you know, swarthy, and I've I've never seen a man gynecologist other than him. Oh. I guess because my vagina is so beautiful, I just can't I can't put it out there. Right. Can I go back to the manager thing? There's one thing I want to say about that. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to read. Go ahead. I mean, if you want to keep talking about my beautiful vagina. (laughs) Uh, But the the thing that I like, this year my manager reached out to me. You know, I think think it's very important to talk about, like, depression and procrastination because I've been very depressed. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have hard time. My kid is wonderful, but she's not not easy. And then also, this business is hard, and it's we're always going to some conservative state to fucking work and stay at a mm. residence inn. Um, so not me. A lot, except for Chris, who took a stand yeah. early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but my manager this year wrote me, and she was like, she gave me like a manifesto, like, or what do you want? And it was very incredible. It was incredible. It was just like. Make a list of all the people you've worked with. Make a list of the people. Like it's time to take yourself a bit more seriously. Like create, you know, almost create your own. It was so beautiful, and so I got a tarot card deck, and that's how I'm creating my own manifest. I literally have been pulling cards in the tarot deck. But oh, pull, but pull one now. Pull one for me right now. Okay. Do you know how to interpret it? Uh, well, I have a book, and I do know. I know a lot of them. I have this book though, How to Read Tarot. Hmm. It's by a woman named. Jessica Wiggin and Wicca is uh, the white magic. And she's very beautiful. She's She lives in New Orleans and she's been practicing for 10 years, mm. at least reading cards. Look how pretty she is. Sorry. And I love her book. She's just sexy. Hmm, okay. But she has a beautiful... Uh... <laughs> we don't know. We won't know because... I bet we'll find out one day. We're going to college. Okay, I'm shuffling the cards. Okay. I want you to think about a question, but you don't have to tell me. Okay. And if you listen, if you join, if you become a Patreon 
message. We'll have you on the air and I will read your tarot cards. Sure. Also, I was going to say tier three. You can see uh, both of our private parts and tell us how beautiful How much is tier three? There's only two tiers. Actually, there's only one tier, I think. How much would, should we, how much could we ask for someone to look at our privates? $20 a month, maybe. It feels like a lot of money. What? It for for both of us? I'm going to shuffle it like this. What do you think? Uh, Do you want me to shuffle it? Okay, you're thinking of your question. Don't tell me. Got it. Got my question. Okay, I'm going to just, should I shuffle again? Are you ready for the top card? Do you want me to like stop? Or do you want the top card? Top card's good. You ready? Yep. Okay. Wow, Chris. Wow. That's an amazing card. What it's is facing it? facing you. It's called the world. The world, okay. It is one of the major it's, arcana. It's, it's also right side up. It's Yeah. Well, I had it facing you, so to me it was facing down, but to you it was facing up. But the the, what, it's the up. end of the major That's arcana. F- it's a great card. It basically says, finally, I've reached... The final stage, success, is what it says. Wow. And do you want it in personal or it's a card of completion signifying that a cycle is ending and you're moving on to the next phase of your life. In some way, you're being called upon to graduate, to take all the lessons you learn and apply them in a way that will build a constructive path to your future. Wow. I will say that's extremely relevant to the question I had in my mind. (laughs) You are saying goodbye to an old stage or phase. In love, it symbolizes the end of one cycle and the movement towards the next. Uh You might be moving from engaged to being married. No, it was career career You're headed. Okay, career. The world signifies success and accomplishment. You may be finally seeing the reward after all the hard work you've been putting in. (laughs) I haven't haven't done the hard work part. Are you kidding me? (laughs) You've been spending every year you spend, that isn't COVID, you spend a month in fucking uh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh, yeah. I'm going again. Creating amazing, amazing show. You're doing stand-up. You're killing it. You're killing it across the world, the board. Okay. I can barely read this. Whether it may signal graduation or promotion, whatever it is, you've earned it. You're discovering how to take everything you've learned from your experiences and apply it to a master goal because the world card connects you to international dealings. Wow. You may also find yourself traveling or working with clients all over the world. That's very interesting. And it is, uh, it does make me a believer in this, uh, nonsense that I don't believe in. And because I like the result, I'm going to choose to believe in it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, I, that's probably how most religions actually catch on. It's like, if, yeah. it, if it works for people, they believe in it. Um, it's interesting though, because the, the most relevant part of that is the idea that I'm taking things I've learned and like applying them to a goal. Because recently a friend of mm-hmm. mine told me, um, Oh, I'm really glad you're doing a lot of stand-up lately because you have, I mean, this is kind of a hidden criticism, which was, I'm so glad you're doing stand-up because you have so many opinions about stand-up and now you're finally getting to, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, oh, you know, over the years, you've had a lot of critical thoughts about stand-up and haven't actually been doing stand-up that much. So it's interesting that that sort of same idea was expressed in this tarot card. Tarot. Uh, I want to give a shout out, by the way, to Gary Gullman, who's a stand-up comedian that I saw on okay. Friday at Largo at the Cornet. Who's it was maybe one of the best stand-up shows I've ever seen. Gary um, Gullman, yeah, gotta... he's in- oh, he's incredible. Um, I so... want to go to Largo. Will you please invite me to Largo sometime, and we'll go. Sure, that's my first time going. Um, so 
The reason I bring up this uh, Gary Gulman. I got Gullman, Anito's name again. I got to write it down. G-U-L-M-A-N. What was so great about Gary Gulman? Uh He did two hours of stand-up and it was. Oh my God. Like okay. really smart and funny. Oh God, that's all I want. Okay. Um, I'm also bringing, well, the reason I'm bringing up this manager thing, uh, man, the manager thing has been on my mind lately because, um, you know, I have my agent and my agent basically, he gets me good appointments. Like I'm very happy with like that from the, from the getting me appointments side, I'm like not really unhappy with what's happening on that side, but he's not really somebody that I would like say, Hey, let's go get lunch. And can you tell me like what projects I should work on next or whatever? And that's always been presented to me as what the manager can do. Um, And the reason I've been thinking about it lately was like, if I'm doing more stand up, and this is the, I think, challenging part of for me thinking about what I would want in a manager is like, there are some managers who are better with like stand up comedians. There are some managers who will probably have a better ability to get you like an audition on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's probably some managers that we better, better in like getting a script you wrote to try to staff on a show. And it's like, I'd be happy doing any of those things, but like, the, I probably can't find a manager that's like, yeah, I can deal with all these things at once, you know? Well, at my management company, which is, um, they just changed their name to AFA Prime Talent. They have f- like a few pe- few different people. Yeah. That and they they like like I am with one person there. This woman Mel McKeon. I've been with her for twenty something years. And then there's another woman named Laura who's also she's in charge of certain projects. So she'll reach out to me about a certain project, and then I'll get a. Then there are other people that reach out about other projects. So there are people who cover different things within one management office but i would also suggest that stand-ups that you like maybe look at their imdb page and find out who represents them i have been doing this and uh so i think one of the hard things is that like at one i've been told by multiple people that in stand-up at least that it's it's not that productive to like go chase a manager Um, that essentially like you do it and at a certain point a manager will come to you to basically the managers that you could chase are not the ones that you'd want to be with. Um, oh, but right. I, I hear you. I would say a challenge I have is that my friends who are standups who have managers, um, like their managers are like <laughs> three arts or artists first or right. Principato young or whatever, like the Odenkirk Provisier. <laughs> like these are like, um, I need a little, I either need basically. I would tell you, my probably general plan is to try to become successful enough on my own that I jump to that level. Because the other option would be to find somebody sort of in between where I am and those companies and have. But then, like you know, do I want a manager that then gets me to leave them for another manager? I want to be a Missy Pyle that has a manager for twenty five years. Let's start our show again, and I'll bring you to my management company, and then they'll take you. <laughs> no, <laughs> um. I st- I need to I need to get you in charge with the people at my agent age management company. But I do think I actually think that you should meet Mel, who's my manager. Sure, I mean, although they've seen my stuff before and we're not interested, <laughs> so that might have been before Superstar. I can't remember, but uh, oh yeah, I think it was. Also, but like, do you have a stand-up reel? 
Yeah, I do know. You know, I will say, uh, maybe I'll fingers take crossed. I might have booked a job, <gasps> and I will say I would chalk it up to the fact that I happen to have uh, equivalent, basically, an electronic press kit that I and been a beautiful on. penis. That's right. Uh, the press kit is just pictures of my penis. It's uh, a <laughs> chance. Um, I happen to be assembling this Google Drive that functions as an electronic press kit, which is basically like my reel, stand-up reel, headshots, promo shots, a couple of YouTube clips. And I was doing it because sort of part of this whole like finding a manager thing, just to have like these resources ready. And then I was approached by somebody that was like, hey, we're looking for a host for a, a pilot. And... I wouldn't normally have had all these materials assembled and I just happened to have them all assembled. So it was, I was able to send one link that just went to like seven assets, you know, that looked like I really had my shit together. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that is potentially going to turn into a pilot shoot at some point. Ooh, so, I like that. I, like so it. I don't want to jinx it by saying what it is, but if I, as soon as that's confirmed, I will let you know. Um, but so I, there, I bring that up to say that, um, when you asked if I have my reel or stand up reel or whatever, like normally I would have to scramble to put that stuff together if somebody asked me, but the fact that I was already working on it and had it like ready to send, that mm-hmm. was a very nice feeling. Cause it was like, yeah. Oh, I'm a professional. All right. Well, why don't you send it to me and I'll send it on over to that. Those, I guess I could, you know what? I will do that. Let's do it. And, um, and I, I'm going to come see your show. I, I really want to do your show dang it yes uh so uh, let me give details about that my next thunder punch show is july 7th uh at 8 p.m it's at skip town playhouse 665 north heliotrope go to thunderpunch.fun for details we have alice wetterland andre dubachet okay um shannon joy rogers and phoebe neidhart doing stand-up and we uh will not have missy pile I will be in Scotland in August. So my friend Tim Murray is hosting August, but he's booking it. So I don't know have any details yet about who's going to be on August, but I'll be back in September. Maybe we can get Missy on in September to come play songs. What night in September? Is it the 17th? September 1st, I believe will be the first Thursday in September. So, um, I had to pick up my kid. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll figure out when we can reschedule this guest. Uh, They will be on the podcast at some future date. Whenever so. Schlom Schluz and, and sh- Shad, Shad Shit, shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> together and when we put them on one together, we'll get them over with. Put them together. Just one. yeah, who wants to hear those blowhards? Yeah. Uh, so hey, go to our patreon.com slash freelance pretend. Uh, don't buy anything else. If to, don't don't buy anything from Oklahoma. All right, don't buy anything from Oklahoma, Louisiana. Mississippi, Georgia, Texas. Ugh. Yeah, Texas. We, where we're both from. <laughs> That's where I'm going. I'll be in Texas when you're if doing your stand-up. Oh, well. Okay, oh, we'll see well. you next time. Okay, bye, friends. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Freelance Pretend with your co-hosts Missy Pyle and Chris Grace. The show is produced by Chris Grace and edited by Eric Michaud. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash freelance pretend or send us an email at freelancepretend at gmail.com. Music from artlist.io. See you next time.